Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Coastal Midweek Podcast. I have TJ here with me, and today we're going to do a little special edition podcast because we're in our season of legacy. And TJ and I just wanted to kind of share some stories with you and like the journey that we've been on as a church and just kind of bringing you guys in on the backstory of everything. And so TJ, let's go, let's go back. Let's go way back, way back, way back to like teenage years, teenage years. Yeah. What, how, how did you come to know Christ and what kind of a difference did the church make in your life? Because I think this is important in the, like the journey and the story of yeah, legacy and coastal. It, you know, my, I, I grew up, my, I come from a broken home. So I have um, a dad and a stepmom who don't really believe in God mm-hmm. um, until in the last couple of years, my dad has yeah. given his life to Christ. Yeah. But, but growing up, my, you know, there is a traditional Catholic family. We went to church mm-hmm. once or twice a year when my grandparents would make us, but I'm, I'm thankful. My, I know my grandmother prayed for me yep. for, for, you know, almost all of my life that I would find God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had my mom and my stepdad who were, were very, very uh, involved and engaged in church. Yeah. Um, so. Which is how we met. Which is how we met. So I, I lived predominantly with my dad and I would go to my mom's every other weekend. So um, I didn't really have a lot of church upbringing, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I did end up, moving in with my mom and my stepdad, I, I was not, I was not engaged in church. I was more engaged in sports and all of those things. Right. And, and while they made me go to church, you know, on the weekends or whatever, I, I it just wasn't, it wasn't really, like church is today. Like n- where kids are like, man, I will, I'm excited. I don't want to leave church. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, as a teenager, I, I know, in fact, my junior and senior year, I really have no engagement with church mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, and, between my senior year and the beginning of my college fresh, actually, yeah. actually my college freshman year, I got kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was back home during the summer. That church that we attended did a big youth conference. Mm-hmm. My stepdad was volunteering at it as like security and he made me go to it. Um, <laughs> and it was during that I was sitting out in, the, in a lobby and the pastor's wife came and sat down next to me and, and just started talking to me and talking to me in a way that, you know, you have so much purpose, you have so much potential, all these things. And at the end of that night, uh, I was by myself and I just said, God, man, if you're real, Mm -hmm. like I, I, I need you if you're real. Yeah. And it was like, my life began to transform almost like instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't really explain it. And so I, I went from that to, uh, I went and did an internship in mm-hmm. in Texas for a year that really solidified. It was a super intense uh, working for this ministry called Team Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of 
you know, just seeking God on my own. I, I had to separate myself from everything yeah. in order to get my focus on God. And that's- Yeah, surround yourself with the right people yeah. and the right environments. Mm-hmm. And and it radically transformed my life. And and at the end of that internship, I came back to Florida. Yeah, uh, I did an institute of ministry at, mm-hmm. at our church. At the same time, I, I courted you because um, that's really why I came back. I came back for you. Um, oh. Yeah. And- uh, <laughs> Thank you. You know- I think not six or nine months later, we were married. Yeah. Um, and then we headed off to Tulsa, Oklahoma mm-hmm. to go to Bible college, yep. uh, which was uh, an interesting year. First year of marriage, going to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it about through that year when the pastor of the church that we I got saved in, in you yeah. grew up in, your, yeah. your, your parents were youth pastors at, mm-hmm. um, asked me if I would come back and at first be his assistant. And eventually I became, uh, at that time, it was the the general manager of mm-hmm. this ministry. They had a hundred plus acres, hotels, cafeterias, uh, conference center, church. Yeah. I mean, it's all big, of this stuff is a, is a big deal. I mean, I'm, I'm 21 years old and, and I'm running a multi-million dollar organization with hundreds of employees. And it, yeah. it was just insane. Um, and it was during that time, uh, we grew up in a very charismatic church, which mm-hmm. meant uh, kind of anything went every yeah. single weekend. You couldn't uh, really invite your friends because you're like, I don't know what they're going to walk into, and it might be kind of crazy. <laughs> and it might last 16 hours. Yes. <laughs> you know, it just, it was just, uh, it was an interesting world. But I'm thankful for that upbringing. I yeah, really it, am. It, I feel like for both of us, it, it built like a really strong foundation of faith and yeah. just believing God that God can do what he says he will do. And like seeing the gifts of the spirit in action and all of the, you know, all of the things that I don't know, helped establish who we are today in the foundation of our faith. Yeah. And so um, it was during that time I went to, at the time it was, it was the very beginnings of a conference called catalyst. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it was the second time they ever did the it. Leadership. It was a it, John Ma- under under 40. 40. Yeah. Uh, John Maxwell had just started it. It was at North Point Community yeah, Church at mm-hmm. with Andy Stanley. And uh, I went there. A, a guy in our church was like, man, I think you should go to this. I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went. And I, at that time, I heard, I heard two things. One, I heard about a book called Courageous Leadership. Mm-hmm. And second, I was driving, when I was driving there, like I heard, I heard for the first time, I think in my life, the voice of God, mm-hmm. um, hearing that I was going to plant a church and I didn't really know what that meant at that time. It was yeah. really, it was really, I mean, we were, we were still pretty young. Yeah. We were like 21, two yeah. years old. I yeah. mean, we were, we were super immature, but it was like, it was, it was very, very distinct, yeah. uh, to me. And I remember I came back, I got this book, Courageous Leadership, that I heard about, and I read mm-hmm. it, and it rocked my world. Yeah. Um, it rocked my my world about what the church could be and should be mm-hmm. and how the local church is the hope of the world. and uh, A healthy the, local church. A healthy local <laughs> church. And so at the time, my parents were living in Chicago, which is where the author of this book was from. And so uh, I was like, I, I took two weeks vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left you at home mm-hmm. and I went to Chicago and I just hung out at this church like every day. Yeah. I just, I just showed up every day. I just want to know like mm-hmm. if this really is what it's all about. Yeah. And I just wanted to see it with my, and I saw it and every person I would talk to would talk about, man, I came into this church. 
It changed my life. I found friendship. I found hope. I mm-hmm. found like, and, and it was just mind blowing to me. Yeah. And Which I, we, we hadn't really experienced that type of church no. up into that point of our life, you know? And so you, you're seeing something that is totally, completely different than what we've ever experienced. Yeah. But it just resonated with my heart. It was mm-hmm. like everything that I read in the Bible yeah. was now like being enacted in the yeah. local church. And I was just like, like in Acts, it was talking about, you know, how people met well, together. They, were, they added to their numbers daily. There was salvation happening. Needs were being met. Yeah. Like it wasn't just this country club for a bunch of Christians, but people were seeing the change in these people's lives and and desiring that. So there was just this wave of, you know, yeah. growth. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I just, I, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this. Like mm-hmm. something's got to change. I remember mm-hmm. coming home and telling you, like, uh, I think I need to quit my job. Yeah. And we need to, we need to create something like this or find this. Right. Um, and it was during that time, it was like a three month period of time. We were just visiting churches. We were mm-hmm. trying to figure out what we were going to do with our life. Um, I started a business during that time. And and so we are, we are doing these things and, we we ran into this brand new church called Bayside Community Church with a guy named Randy Bazette. Um, and we walked in and it was like, um, for me, I'll say yeah. it like this. For me, it was like, oh, this is it. Yes. Um, for you, it was a little bit different. Yeah, it was a little different because I I hadn't had the same experience that you did when you went to the church in Chicago and like got to hang out and see all of that. And so I'm just going from the church that I've always known to something that was completely different. And for me, it was like, hmm, I, I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like it, it was just, it was just so different from what I had always known. Yeah. But the longer that I was around and the longer I saw, because at this church, there was so much community. There were so many people that were new in their faith or not even, you know, saved at that point. And they were just coming to church because it was people were loving, they were caring. They, you know, you could learn something, you could sit and hear a message and walk away and apply something. And for me, I was like, I don't know, this is all watered down, you know, cause I was used to just like line by line, verse by verse, you know? And so I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about all this series stuff and these topical things, but I saw more lives changed in one year of being at that church than I ever saw in 10 years at our old church. And so I was like, man, there is something to this. And I found more growth in my life in that church than I did anywhere else. And I think it was a place, really a place of healing for us. Um, A place where God kind of shifted our perspective a little bit and kind of founded what he wanted to use us to do in another community in another area. And I think we've shared a little bit of the story, you know, that kind of got us here on the podcast that, that led us here to, to plant a church, but we were part of that church for seven years, for seven years before God called us to, to, and we, and we love that church. You oh know? my gosh. I mean, it's, 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 you know, we never wanted to leave. No, no. We, we built our life around the fact that we were going to spend the next, you know, <laughs> 30 years, 30, 50 years yeah. of our life there. Yep. yep. So and it, it was an incredible place. And God messed all that stuff up. Yeah, he did. I mean, we, we, we built our dream home. We, <laughs> you know, you had the perfect job <laughs> for you, <laughs> for me. 
And uh, I mean, we loved what we we got to do there. We mm-hmm. we had a ton of influence. We had a, mm-hmm. a ton of opportunity. And uh, I'm I'm so so thankful for for Pastor Randy and mm-hmm. and, and taking a chance on a snot nosed punk. <laughs> and uh, it turned out really well for him as well. But I mean, it was yeah. a, it's is a big chance for but him. How how old were we when? We left there to come here and plant coastal. We were thirty years old. Thirty, so yeah. we were still pretty, pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we're still young, but I'm not yeah, sure what that. I think you're mid mid forties now. Yeah, <laughs> you just had a birthday. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, so we feel God calling us to plant a church, and we're kind of upset about it. Yeah, because we totally are we have to leave this place where all of our family and all of our friends and all of our community to move to South Florida where we know no one and the culture and the community is so different from what we were used to because in, in Bradenton where we're from, it was like good old boy. Everybody knew everybody. You could walk into a place. Everybody's friendly. They hold the door. They say hello. They have conversation. And we moved to South Florida where that's really not what it's like. (laughs) And we were like, what did we do? And we ended up planting coastal September. 2009. 12th, 13th, 9th, September September 13th, 2009 at Monarch high school. Yeah. And we had, how many people came 363. that day? 363 people came that day yeah. on our very first Sunday. And I think the majority of them drove over from Bradenton. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> drove from Bradenton. To support us. And about seven weeks in. Seven weeks in. We had 63 people. 60, we dominated it. We, we had a Gideon revival right yeah, there. Yeah, we, we knew how to build a church for sure. Yeah. And I remember those being some of the most painful, <clears throat> difficult moments because we're like, God, we, we thought you called us to do this. Like what, what is going on? I think we, when we moved here, we were a little cocky too. Like we thought, oh yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to be easy because God said it and he's going to, he's going to do it. But I think those first couple of years of church planting was more about God kind of stripping us of, of, you know, some things that we needed to be stripped of. And I'm sure there's some of you guys that are listening that you're walking through things right now. And it just feels like, man, God, I thought you called me to this, or I thought you asked me to do this. And it feels like it's not going right, or it's not going well, or I'm up against opposition constantly. Well, sometimes those seasons, I know for us, was more about God wanting to change and shift some things inside of us so that he could prepare us for what was going to come you know, down the road. But so let's continue the story. You can you can pick up there. Where where am I picking I up know. at? I, I, I wasn't we're, really sure. Based- so actually, let let me say this. You know, when we we planted coastal, we had this dream and this vision, and a year in, two years in, it wasn't really looking like what we thought it would look like. Yeah, and we still like TJ and I have no quit in us. It's like no matter how hard it gets, it's like I refuse to give up on this. I refuse to let this go. If God said it, he's going to do it. And so we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it felt like we were pushing for, for years. Yeah. We were pushing uphill. Yeah. And that gets exhausting and it gets tired, but there were so many stories along the way that kind of kept us going. And, 
you know, one of the things about TJ and I is many years ago, we were struggling to get pregnant and have kids. And we were told basically that, that there was a 0% chance that we would, that we would ever have biological children. And we remember just kind of using that as fuel of being like, you know what, the local church and community has impacted our lives so deeply that we want to create a space where kids and where families can find hope and freedom, where they can experience, know, and follow Jesus, that they can find the same purpose and passion that we found that, that fuels our life, whether it's in ministry or whether, you know, it's in business or in motherhood or in a family, whatever that looks like, that those kids could be raised up in a place where they could find hope, purpose, freedom, you know, all all of that. And so we were just determined, like there are families that are stepping into this place that, that need all of that. Yeah. And it was kind of like this driving force inside of us. So we just never stopped. And how, let's see, we were, how many years in did we get this property? We were seven years in. Yeah. Seven years in we had looked, and I think we, we've told this a a little bit of this story, but you know, we were looking and looking, looking for permanent facilities because it's just hard to do portable church for seven years. You know, you're there at five 30 in the morning setting up until, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon and you're tearing down, you're loading everything in a trailer and it's every single week. And you have a group of people that has to show up early in the morning and stay till late in the afternoon on their day off. You know, it's exhausting. Yeah. The commitment level of those people that sacrificed for so many years, uh, you know, they're, their treasure in heaven is, is going to be uh, unspeakable. <laughs> I, I believe that. So anyways, through, long story short, we looked at so many different properties. Everything fell through. Nothing was working out. We ended up finding this property and a whole lot of miracles yeah. happened to secure what we have here. A property that was listed at $4 million yeah. that we ended up buying for one point two. I don't remember. And then, you know, building this facility and thinking, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to build this facility. I remember building this facility and thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? We're never going to be able to afford this. Yes. Like I just screwed this whole thing up. I made a mistake. I I leveraged everything. Because when we moved into this building, we had like no money in the bank. I think we had a thousand dollars in our church checking account. Yeah, like uh, we literally and and like zero dollars in our personal checking account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we leveraged <laughs> everything to to plant a church yeah. and to like spend it all. Um, and so getting this place, it was like terrifying. Is God? Are is this gonna? Is this gonna work yeah. again? We're at this moment where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I believe you said it but will you do it? Yeah. And seeing God move over the next two years and becoming the fa- one of the fastest growing churches in America. Two years in a row. Two years in a row. And just seeing God pack this place out to the point we're at six services and, you know, needing to add more and knowing that we needed to expand. Yeah. And so- That, was, in, that was at the end of year one. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was at the end of year one. That was, we moved in here uh, 
November 4th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And within that first year, we, we grew, we doubled day one mm-hmm. and then we grew another 50% on top of that over the next seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from six or 700 people to almost 2000 people. Um, and it was at that point where we launched legacy. Yeah. Because really legacy is something that'll never go away for, for our church is because we believe that, you know, we'll constantly be expanding and reaching our community. And there's, you know, like we'll constantly be building on that. Yeah. It's, it's about how do we continue to take ground for the mm-hmm. kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in that season, we, we launched legacy and we were going to expand our current facility and add on another auditorium and then turn our current space into kids space. And, you know, we started raising money for that and then COVID. Well, hit. in that we, we'd said, not only are we going to expand this facility, but we, we're going to launch other facilities. We, yeah. we had to do some upgrades to this facility because yes. we were just, we were just busting at the seams and we needed to make mm-hmm. spaces and mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. for, for more people. I mean, I can remember uh, even now there's weekends where we have to sit people in our offices because there's no room in the mm-hmm. auditorium mm-hmm. in, in particular services. And I'm, yep. I'm begging people to, can you please, please go to another service. Like yeah. if you, if you hear the sound of my voice right now, this is from the weekend. It is, it is a Friday and my, my voice is trash still mm-hmm. from the previous weekend. And, yeah. and we're having to add more services and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so it's like, man, I, I like something's got to give. Yeah. And and so we we started this and we said, man, we're gonna we're gonna add another thirty-three thousand square feet to this mm-hmm. Parkland facility. God willing, we'll find another location that we'll be able to go back east and yep. and do something over there because there's a there's a quite a few people from our church that live east of ninety five. Mm-hmm. And how do we make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them right. to go to church? And um and so we launched this and we thought, man, this is, you know this is going to be amazing. We're going to do this. And then January or March of 2020 hits and everything in the world changes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it was level playing field because a lot of people, every church, every family, every, you know, everybody's dealing with the difficulty that COVID brought Yeah, and the transition that COVID brought and the elimination of normal, yeah. you know, that COVID brought. And so for the next six, eight months, we just did church online. Well, not only did we do church online, but because we had all the technology and everything, right, we, we were able to we were able to take all these churches that were in the position that we used to be in in portable. Yeah. And we said, "Hey, we're going to open up our building yep. and man, we'll film your we want to make sure that the not just our church survives, but but every church survives." Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we had all these churches coming in and they were filming on different days and yeah. we we're creating services for them and yeah. you know, it's something that we don't really talk about, but like how many churches survived because yeah. our church was was so generous in that season? Well, and some of that was because of legacy, because yeah. people people gave, and we were able to do some of those upgrades and technology that we were able, and it not didn't just affect the legacy of our church, but the legacy of multiple churches yeah. because you guys gave yeah. and because we invested in those in those things, and even though you know, attendance was non-existent in that season. From a physical From pers- the physical perspective, like the church still moved forward all throughout the world. Yeah. And it's pretty incredible to see that the investments that we can make 
you know, not only just affect our families' lives or the families right in our direct community, but it's trickling into other churches and communities all across Broward County. Yeah. Well, it was so crazy is, is during that, you know, we, our online platform grew to, you know, thousands of people mm-hmm. watching it um, in other countries. You know, we, we found out at one point we were in the top 100 uh, podcasts uh, of our weekend services in yeah. Brazil, yeah. you know, where, where they don't even speak English, but yet, you know, there's, it's in the top 100. That's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, thank goodness we have an incredible Brazilian population yes. in our church and they're sharing it with people back in Brazil and it's just spreading like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And then we start this podcast and all of a sudden it's in the top 5% of podcasts. I don't in, know if it's really 5%. It is. I, I, I was, you did the research. I, I did the research. I was shocked. It, there's all these things, surveys and things that they take yeah. and it shows your, your level of reach. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, what are the chances mm-hmm. that that God would take a, a a ragtag group of people like us and utilize our faith to yeah. impact people on, on a global scale, not just locally, mm-hmm. not just nationally, but on a global scale? Well, I think too, it just goes back to people, people that are listening right now. You know, sometimes in those seasons where God's asked you to do something, like for us, we launched Legacy we're raising all of this money and then COVID hits and it feels like, oh my gosh, you know, God, again, God, I thought you were asking us to do all of these things. And now here's this opposition again, but even utilizing, like being able to shift how you do things and what you do to still accomplish the things that God has asked yeah. you to do. And it sometimes that, that tension and frustration gives us creativity yeah. You know, to be able to do things a little bit different to continue to move that vision forward, whether it's in our family, our business, our church, you know, like we have to be able to adjust yeah. in and, those moments. And I remember for the first This is gonna be a little longer podcast. It's okay. <laughs> I remember the first two or three months of COVID, we were like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? And we were just kind of frozen. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got to this point where we 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 were just like, you know what? God told us. Yes. So what does it matter what our circumstances yep. look like? Um, and we said this a few weeks ago. It doesn't matter what we see. It's what God said. Yeah. And and so I, I just remember getting back to this. No, no. God told us God told us to take ground. Yep. And so our circumstances ground. aren't going to dictate yep. what we do. What God said is going to dictate what mm-hmm. we're going to do. And we started pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And, and we started you know, going, no, we're going to move forward. We started moving through the city. We had, we had kind of put it on hold. We told our architect, finish our plans. We started moving through the city. We started going through like Mm -hmm. on virtual. And, um, I remember going before the city and we'd always, the city of Parkland, we'd always had tons of struggle, uh, going before that. And we went to the city commission meeting for the approval of this project and they approved it in five minutes. The last time we went before them, it took like multiple meetings. I mean, it, yeah. it was probably like five hours. This time it took five minutes. Yeah. And it, it yeah. just showed that the, you know what, if God said it, that's right. He'll do it. And and if you'll trust me, yep. like I'll make a way where there is no way. Yeah. And uh, we started moving forward on that as we started moving forward to, to facilitate this. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden in the middle of that, we get a, we get an email from um, the pastor of the church of, uh, the Methodist church in mm-hmm. Lighthouse Point just saying, Hey, would you be open to a conversation? Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, yeah, this was. Well, and I think this, this goes, I mean, and they 
offered for us to buy this church and, yeah. and you know, all of these things. But again, you're in the middle of this season where it doesn't look like you thought it the plan hasn't happened how you thought it would happen. And so you can either allow fear to sink in and go, oh man, you know, our attendance is 60% of what it was, you know, and, and you can go back to, well, all the doubt and the fear that this season has brought for so many people. But instead, you know, we looked at it through the eyes of faith and going, no, God, you've opened up this opportunity to us. Yeah. Like, again, just like this property, you know, we got for 1.25 million, it was listed at 4 million. This church, you know, the facilities are worth seven plus million. Yeah. And, and we paid pennies on that. Yeah. And so it's like, God is just, continuing to provide opportunity. And because of legacy, because of people's generosity, even in a season of difficulty, we've been able to move forward and move the vision forward and take advantage of opportunities that wouldn't be there, you know, had the season not been what it was. And I would also say that we'd been preparing for opportunity. Yes. Like we, we've you know, been stewarding, we've the been resources. stewarding everything. We were mm -hmm. like, we know that this is going to happen. Like I remember in the middle, I, I do a business group for the business leaders mm -hmm. on a Thursday morning. And I remember in the middle of COVID, uh, we're sitting there, guys are crying because they're thinking they're going to lose their businesses. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there going, guys, I know it looks bleak right now, yes. but thi this is going to provide the greatest opportunity, not only for your businesses, but I believe the church. Yep. I believe that facilities are going to come our way. Mm -hmm. there, there is going to be and, and, and I told him, I said, man, I'm preparing for it right now. I'm yep. stewarding every dollar because I know that when opportunity knocks, mm -hmm. there's a saying by Leonard Ravenhill, an old revivalist, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within a lifetime of the opportunity. Yep. And so I, I believe that you have to be prepared for opportunity all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly looking at it going, God, I know that you're going to provide opportunity. Yeah. Am I going to be prepared for it? Yep. Well, and I think a lot of people make permanent decisions on temporary emotions. Yeah. And it's so easy in those moments where we're looking at our circumstances and we're looking at the state of everything around us. And, you know, there's fear and anxiety and worry. And we make decisions in the middle of fear, anxiety, worry, you know, yeah. all of those things that are permanent rather than than seeing it through the lens of faith. Yeah. And that I think that takes um, practice. And I, you know, I want to encourage people that are, that are listening again today, you know, you, you might be looking at circumstances and you might be going, I can't see how God is going to get me through this. I can't see how God could restore my marriage, or I can't see how God would bring this child back, or I can't see how God would bring my business through. But man, if he's given you a promise, which we've been talking about throughout this series yeah. for so long, like we can stand, we can speak the word which yep. is what we've talked about this past weekend, you know, and we need to be speaking those things over our situation and not just allowing what we, what we see in those moments to dictate our response, but to be prepared to, to walk in faith. Yeah. I, I you know, I shared a, a verse this past weekend in, in Joshua one, eight, nine, it says, be strong and courageous, mm -hmm. you know, and then he talks about, do not let this word, yep. you know, meditate on it day and night, yes. you know, he's, yes. he's saying, <clears throat> sorry, when we get these things from God, mm -hmm. we have to take them. And and it, it in order to be strong and courageous in those seasons, yep. we have to take that word. We have to meditate on it day and night. We have to, we have to speak that thing out. We have to, That's we right. have to cultivate it in our life. Mm -hmm. And 
And what happens is a lot of times we let the world overtake our word. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that word is way more powerful than this world. Yeah. God spoke this world into an existence. And so if God spoke it, mm-hmm. he can create it. Mm-hmm. When I think that's our story at Coastal. Yeah. You know, in, in, so, in so many different seasons, what we've seen has been different from what God said. Yeah. But we've gone back to speaking the things that God has said over our situations and it's changed it just like in the middle, like you said, in the middle of COVID, we were like, no, it doesn't matter what our situation says. God said this and that's what we're doing. And we're seeing, you know, this facility get expanded here at Parkland. We're launching our lighthouse point location on January 9th. And all of those renovations are paid for because of people's generosity and what they've already given. Even at one of the outreaches this past week, there was a guy that, you know, just like Mitch's story a few weeks ago that, that we showed about how he was like, you know, I'm in the middle of this depression and all of this. And for some reason I'm driving by coastal and my car just kind of turns in there yeah. and, and and it was life changing for him. Same thing. A guy's like, I don't know, I was coming by and I just felt like I was supposed to come into this church and, you know, we're doing an outreach there and he starts connecting with all of these people and he's walking through difficulty in life. And by the end, he's circled up with all of these guys just sobbing as they pray over him and that he's finding hope and community in a moment. And and that wouldn't have happened had we not been yeah. there. And we haven't even launched the church yet, yeah. you know, and God's already using us in that community. And so it doesn't matter for, for TJ and I, for Coastal, what we see, it is always going to be about what God said. And we believe that, you know, the verse in the Bible that you keep talking about that says, you know, the if, if we will build the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against yeah. it. You know, and God, Jesus is saying, I will build my church yeah. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So no matter what, we are moving forward. And I believe that we're going to continue to see marriages restored, addictions broken, you know, families come back together. Like those are the stories that are happening in our church and the legacy. I can't wait to see some of, you know, these kids that are, that are young now growing up in the church and getting married in this church and finding their spouse in this church. And it's just so exciting to see those things happening. And, and I can't help but think, and what if we would have given up in those beginning years? What if we would have given up the week that there were 63 people and been like, oh, this well, isn't worth it. Well, I always go back and I go and I, when I, whenever I walk, I'm always very, very grateful when mm-hmm. I, when I walk into church because I, and, and this is super selfish, but, but I remember our sacrifice. Yeah. And every time there's thousands of people that yes. walk in here, which is oh, every weekend. Tear up. Mm-hmm. Like that's built on the fact of, of sacrifice. Yeah. I, I, I think about, uh, there's a guy that's never been to our church that for the first four years of our church sent an $1,800 check. Yep. Every month. Every month. We probably survived because of him. We we literally <laughs> survived. He yeah. said, but he said, I believe in you and I believe God spoke to me. Yeah. And I'm going to invest in this. Yep. And uh, it's yep. from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And just, just believed in it. Yep. And, uh, you know, his investment, the legacy of his investment is, 
every weekend. There's there's been over seven hundred and thirteen people giving their lives to Christ this year. Yeah, yeah. Like that is be, all because somebody mm-hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah, said I'll 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 sacrifice and I'll invest mm-hmm. in in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I I think it's one of the greatest investments that we can make because when we do give towards what God's you know what God is doing like all of those stories and those kids that are getting saved and the people that are getting saved and the addictions that are broken and and everybody that steps through the doors of this church broken and they find healing like that doesn't happen without generosity yeah. doesn't happen without people serving and that is a huge 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 return on investment and it might not be a physical thing that that we see but man if you guys could sit in on some of the conversations that we have of people that were hopeless and found hope yeah like it has changed everything for them and imagine i always imagine like myself being in their shoes and being able to step into a place where i found a group of people that loved me right where I was and was willing to walk through my brokenness with me. And imagine the hope that comes from that. And we get to be part of that. And that's really exciting to me. And and I I just want to thank everybody that's listening, that's invested in what God has been doing through Coastal. Like you guys really are, you do not know the extent of what your generosity has done to transform people's hearts and families and lives because it's making a bigger difference than you could ever know. And we're building people's eternities. And it's it's really exciting to see. And I know we're excited about, you know, this next legacy season and seeing everything that God does through, you know, this offering that's coming up next weekend. And I know God, again, God's going to do it. Yeah. And it, it, it goes back to, you know, we're believing God for a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, $1.1 million is a lot of money. Yeah. But I also see what the impact of that money will do. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I just go, there's not a better ROI yep. return on investment. And I think if we all, if we all just did something, it doesn't have to be any, like something significant, it's, it's different it's not, for every single person. You know, everybody always is like, well, if everybody would just give whatever, it's not equal amounts, no. it's equal sacrifice. Yeah. If we just sacrifice and go, this is what I can do. Like if we all do that, that number is easy yeah. and we all played a part. Yeah. And so I, I hope that people are praying and asking God how, how they can be part of it. And I, I know like this is, this is not about people's money. You know, we rarely talk about money at church, but for us, it is so much about people finding exactly what we found in the local church. And that was our purpose and that was restoration and that was healing. And that is so much our heart and our vision for this church that people would come into our church and experience, know, and follow Jesus. And that would change everything about their life. And so thank you guys so much for tuning into this really long episode (laughs) of the Coastal Midweek Podcast. We just wanted to share with you guys a little bit of our story and and vision for where we're going and how we're trusting God 
for those things. And I hope that you guys are encouraged to trust God in the middle of your situation, no matter what it looks like, that you would always go back to what does God say about this and begin to speak that over your situation. We love you guys. We love being your pastor. We love getting to do life with you guys. Shoot us an email, give us a review. You know, we want we want to hear you guys' stories and how Coastal has impacted you and how God is transforming your life. So we would love to hear from you guys. Let us know. And we will see you guys back here next week. <laughs>